Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of Locked On Blue Devils here today on this Tuesday. J.J. Jackson here with you, and I am so thrilled for today's show as we get the opportunity to chat with two new friends of the program, Brian McLawhorn and Clint Jackson from Bull City Hoops. We'll stop by to talk all things Duke as the basketball team gets set to jump back into competition tonight versus South Carolina State. Make sure you follow and subscribe Locked on Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcast. A reminder, once again, coming in the new year, we're making the transition to YouTube all across the Locked on Podcast Network. So check us out there, video format every single day, five days a week. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Let's dive right in. Thanks for making us your first listen today for all things Duke Athletics. Joining me now, Brian McLawhorn and Clint Jackson from Bull City Hoops. Thrilled to have these two guys on the program. Their background speaks for itself, but if you're new to them, I'll let them kind of introduce themselves. Brian, we'll start with you. Thank you again for doing this. If you will, introduce yourself and kind of give your Duke basketball background. Yeah, absolutely, JJ. Appreciate you having us on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been covering Duke since 2007, so I've uh, been around the program for quite a while. This is uh, my first uh, foray with Bull City Hoops that Clint and I started, so, you know, we're, uh, God, where are we, about three months into this, but, uh, you know, I covered Duke for uh, Yahoo Sports, Rivals.com for 14, going on 15 years, and, uh, you know, that was a uh, that was a ride where, you know, it was basketball and football and, you know, you lived and breathed recruiting and team coverage and, you know, just, uh, it was just kind of part of it. But yeah, my background with Duke is, is pretty long and, and experienced with them. But, uh, you know, I, I'm also a filmmaker and, uh, spent a little time with the, the camera in hand and behind the camera, uh, working on some things with the ESPN, NFL networks and guys like that. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's a, a, a media blitz for me on, on various levels, I guess. And this is exciting because back-to-back weeks, you mentioned being the filmmaker. Your name was brought up last week if folks were listening and they're like, Brian McLaughlin, did I hear that last? You absolutely did. Darren Vaught was on the show a week ago talking about Kay and the Crazies, an audio project that's going to come to life. I want to touch on that a little bit later, Brian. But, uh, yeah, it seems like you have been well-connected to the Duke basketball program for over a decade. Yeah, I have. You know, it's been a, it's been a great ride. You know, I grew up a Duke fan and, you know, I'm also a journalist, so I try to be as unboxed as possible, but, you know, still I'm, I'm writing for Duke fans. So, you know, they want to hear my opinion and see my passion for the team as well. So, you know, I try to interject that as well, but I try to be objective. But, you know, it's, it's been fun to be able to cover guys that were my heroes when I was a kid, the Bobby Hurleys and Christian Leitners, uh, Grant Hill. I've had a chance to meet all of those guys. And of course, Coach K. Uh, now have a relationship with, you know, never would I, would I have thought that the man would call me by my first name, you know, and I could, and he would know who I am. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to be able to see how it's grown really since, uh, or, or evolved, grown, grown is not the right word, but evolved since 2007, uh, you know, and how the one and done era has come around. So it's, it's been interesting to kind of see, see the process of college basketball and how it's changed through the eyes of kind of Duke. I mean, they're one of the, one of the teams in the forefront of how things have evolved in, in the sport. Kind of the standard. We talk about it a lot, and we'll talk about it with uh, these guys as we move forward. Clint Jackson is also here with us, also a part of the Bull City Hoops mission that these guys are on. Clint, thanks for being here, and if you will, introduce yourself. 
Absolutely. Thanks for having us. As Brian said, um, so I've been uh, basically a recruiting guy for uh, 20 and a couple of years. Um, I've done a lot with North Carolina and Duke as well as uh, national stuff. But, uh, you know, I've my background is a I'm pretty much a sales guy or a sales trainer as, as background. So I've always kind of dabbled in the recruiting on the side. And um, like Brian, I grew up a Duke fan with guys like Christian Leitner and Grant Hill and Bobby Hurley and Shane Battier and those guys. So, uh, you know, just follow them throughout their recruitment. I was always really, really passionate and interested as a kid when I was, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old to learning about, you know, the guys that were about to come through. So uh, Brian and I connected about 12, 13 years ago, and I've been working with him for a long time. And uh, we are actually really close friends uh, outside of this. So uh, we uh, travel together. We go to a lot of AAU events. He's definitely more of the team cover guy. I watch the team, but, you know, he's the guy sitting on press row. Um, and then he also dips his toe into the recruiting and does a really good job with it as well. But that's, that's definitely my passion is the recruiting side of it. Well, Clint, let's sort of start with you with this next one as we talk about the launch of Bull City Hoops going on three months here. Uh, you mentioned the background with Rivals, a big network there, a big website with a lot of interactions and fans uh, familiar with the work over there. Talk me through, Clint, the idea sort of to launch this and what the angle was going for Bull City Hoops between you guys. Yeah, so, you know, but Brian, uh, I, I think he'd be okay with me sharing this. Rivals, he'd been working for Rivals for, uh, you know, quite a few years. And then they they parted ways with him, and it was a little bit of a surprise to, to, to me. Uh, it actually was a pretty big surprise to me. But uh, he called me one evening and said that, uh, you know, Rivals hadn't renewed his contract. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a loyal guy, you know, I grew up in the country and, you know, your word is, is your, is your bond. And, and that was where my bond was. My bond was with, with Brian and not rivals, not that rivals ever did me wrong or anything, but, you know, the agreement that we had, he was the publisher of Devil's Illustrated and I basically worked with him. So, uh, you know, when, when they approached me after, uh, the split with Brian, I, I kindly turned them down and, and Brian and I talked for about a couple of weeks and bounced around some ideas and some names. And uh, he came up with the Substack idea and I did my research on it. And I liked the platform and we've we've done really well. We've been super successful. We launched as a free version a few months ago and we've got our subscribers up and now we've got a, a premium version. So, you know, I'm really excited about it. It's renewed my passion. And, and you know, as always, I love working with Brian. Brian, your side of the story, obviously, you're the one that was personally affected by the move there, uh, kind of, did you want to get right back at it right away or, or kind of talk me through that? Yeah, I did. You know, I mean, I, it, it took me by surprise, obviously, like just as it did Clint. I mean, Clint found out maybe five, 10 minutes after <laughs> I found out, you know, um, yeah, I gave him a quick call, but yeah, I mean, I think the, the discussion for us was, okay, well, what is the next step? And, you know, he, what, one thing that Clint didn't mention is, um, you know, it, it's something we talked, we've talked about, for a while in terms of going independent uh really and you know not to not to throw anybody under the bus but i mean i think everybody that follows rivals and 24 7 sports knows that rivals is more of a football driven network mm -hmm. um and basketball just isn't isn't front of mind for them as a network and i think the writing was on the wall with that when eric bossy and Corey evans uh both they let them walk at about the exact same time. And I think the writing on the wall was in and Clint and I started speaking together about that, you know, at that point in time, like, okay, well, is this time for us to, to go independent? What does the network give us that, that is beneficial for us to stick around? So we had it in the back of our mind a little bit, um, you know, just to, to start something, but this kind of obviously, uh, 
push the gas pedal down a little bit on yeah, what we would do and made us really think about it. And uh, so, so yeah, but we, we wanted to get, get into it right away because, you know, we had the season coming up, people, people expected content from us. They had grown to expect, you know, what to expect from us with our team coverage and recruiting coverage. And, uh, you know, it was, it just wasn't the time for us to step away and, uh, you know, just, walk away into the sunset and be done with it. So it made sense to, to jump on it. And coming up with the idea to go the Substack version, you already had the community, I'm sure, with people that were following you and obviously fans of your work or else there wouldn't be subscribers already, which is exciting uh, to the two of you. But uh, tell me a little bit more about the, the specific vision that you had for the site itself. What was most important to you? Well, really, the most important thing was that we were basketball only. Um, you know, I have nothing against Duke football. I enjoyed covering Duke football, but the fact of the matter is it didn't push the needle. You know, I, I was, I was personally spending more money traveling to the Duke games to cover them than I was making for covering Duke football. It just, it just wasn't our niche. You know, I, I covered it heavily early, in the early years and saw the writing on the wall with that, that, you know, I ne- needed to put my resources elsewhere. And that was part of Clint coming on and uh, spending more money traveling to go to AU events and USA basketball and that kind of thing. So that, that was the main thing is we wanted to be basketball driven. And also, I think, uh, you know, you see a lot of sites, they, they'll just push out a lot of content and it's all about quantity. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, readers, we all know consumers want to have just stuff fed to them every day, you know, and, and there's that, that part of it. But we've always focused more on the quality. We, we didn't want to just put something out there for the sake of putting something out there. We wanted it to be worthwhile and, you know, a reader to, to be appreciative that they spent that time to read your content item and not just be spoon-fed basic information that they can get anywhere. Uh, so those were, I think Clint would agree, those are probably the two primary things we wanted to give quality and we wanted to focus on basketball. And, you know, that that went right along the line with our reputation and what our ethos are in the industry. And uh, I think we're staying true to that. And, and we like the the ability to kind of have our, our finger on the pulse and control everything and not have to, you know, necessarily toe the line for what a network wants you to do or, uh, you know, what others expect you to do to, to stay within in their, their framework. So I, th- I think those are the important things. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. We're back at Better Than Ever, a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website, to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your sports. Bet online where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers the star players of the Power Five as well as mid major players you might not have ever heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns and even interceptions thrown. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can come up and win 10 times on any entry, and it's just you 
versus the projected numbers. Make sure you use promo code locked on, and that promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize pick allows mixed sport entries, as you can combine football, basketball, and any other sport. It's an awesome thing to check out. As also, make sure you use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made up in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com. Use promo code Locked On or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. It's Brian McLawhorn and Clint Jackson joining us here today on Locked On Blue Devils, talking about Bull City hoops and the basketball team as well. Brian, more of the team cover guy, as we've mentioned, and Clint does way more recruiting. So I want to hear about these first eight games for the Duke Blue Devils and and get your thoughts on how the team is performing. So I guess I'll start with this. If if Brian's going to assess the team so far through these first eight games, through these first three months of Bull City hoops, Clint, how would you assess the performance of the site through the first three months, through the first eight games worth of coverage, Clint? I think the site's been has been great. You know, everybody knows Brian covers the team, and 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 like I said, dips his toe into recruiting, and much more heavily into recruiting now that we've kind of eliminated the football coverage, as he said. But you know, assessing how the site's done, it's we've been very surprised and how popular it's been. And you know, again, we've got a free version and a premium version, and both of them have been really popular. You know, I think I think the you know when you're new, there's a lot of excitement around it. Yeah, and you know, we've been pleasantly surprised with it. Brian, you talk about these eight games so far, and and for Duke to start the year off on a national stage, the final year of Mike Krzyzewski going out, the first year you've got this new project moving forward, the team clearly seemed excited to be playing at MSG versus Kentucky, but I would imagine for you, there was a level of excitement as well, saying, okay, well, here we go, now back to normal, let's talk about Duke basketball. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the big thing is being able to see these guys in person again. It's not the same uh, sitting on your sofa and having to cover a game and jump on a Zoom with the players afterwards. You just don't get the same the same feeling and understanding of what the team's about and what drives them. And you, you get the sense being around them what, uh, you know, what that true connection is within the team. So I think one of the things for me last year, you, you heard a lot about uh, – team chemistry and the lack of their ability to practice leading up to the season. And, you know, people, I think a lot of people thought of that as just coach speak and just some people will label it excuses or whatever, but I can tell you, you know, after seeing this team, these first eight games, there's a lot of truth to how that impacted uh, the basketball team. I I don't want to say that's the only reason they didn't have a, a great season last year, but you can really sense and feel how connected this team is. Um, I'll, yeah, not to compare to the 2015, I'm not trying to say this team will be that good or win a national championship, but from a chemistry standpoint, I knew right away in 2015 that there was something special about that team. I didn't know they would win a national championship, but I think Clint may remember, you know, I often spoke about like, man, there's a it factor here. When you walk in, you could sense something different about them and you can sense something different about this team when you, when you're around them too, there's a genuine connection and it's translated on the court. That's why I think we're seeing despite how young they are, that they've been successful and that they play well together. They're, they're so, it seems so much more together than what we saw with last year's team, which, you know, was a lot of individual basketball, a lot of guys that didn't really understand how, how the other played. So 
I mean, it's been impressive. It's been fun to see, and it's been exciting to be back in the gym and actually get a feel for what uh, what Duke basketball is. As young as this team is, right, this Duke basketball team here on the season, and as you mentioned, a lot of people having those those 2015 thoughts, and I think totally fair to say, and unfortunately you think you say 2015, and the first thing that's going to come to mind is the end result. You're just going to jump to that automatically as opposed to what you're saying. You can even say earlier in the year sort of the similar things going forward. But with this Duke basketball team being so young, they've got a leader, though, and Wendell Moore Jr., who's been – as good as advertised, the player that I think Duke fans were waiting to see from the moment he stepped foot on campus. We've heard all the stories about changing the way he runs and just how more athletic this guy looks already in his junior year. But in your words, Brian, how important has his success been and, and what have you uh, thought of, of Wendell Moore Jr.'s play so far? Oh, I think it's critical. I mean, I liken it to, you know, for going to draw those comparisons to 2015 to Quinn Cook's role and – I mean, Wendell's roles on the court a little different. You know, they need him to be a better player than what 2015 needed Quinn Cook. But from a leadership standpoint, you can really see the growth there. And, you know, I think Wendell, you know, speaking with Coach Smith, Nolan Smith and Coach Shire in the preseason, you know, the, the big thing with him is he knows who he is now. And I think that's the, that was the problem the previous two years. He didn't really know who he was, so he didn't have the confidence to go out there. So we, we talk about that athleticism. And I wrote a piece that went up today. You know, I was exploring the idea of, uh, you know, what the, the eye test is telling us with him and then how it compared to the analytics. You know, and I thought that this guy was this uh, second-half assertive, aggressive guy compared to this blending first-half player. And the, to me, that spoke to his maturation. He's kind of filling things out. But the, the stats don't necessarily tell you that. But the eye test tells you he understands when to take his leadership to another level. And I think we see that in, uh, in the second half of games. And that's that whole maturation process. So I think he's critical. Without Wendell Moore, if he had have been hurt long term in that Citadel game, like we thought he might have been, this, I think we would be talking about a very different team because I, th I think Joey Baker's a leader, but he's not on the court enough. So I, I think you're, you're looking at a very different situation with the team because you've still got a lot of young players that are still trying to figure out how to mesh together. And, you know, we saw that with the 2015 team as well. Early on, they were still trying to figure it out. Even though there was something special there, they had to go through that process. And Quinn Cook was there to help lead that way. And I think as long as Wendell Moore Jr. is there on the court to lead, this team will grow progressively. And he's critical for that. Without him, I don't think we're talking about it. Off the court, is Wendell any different, Brian? Is he more mature? Is he more outspoken? Is he more in the in the interactions that you have as a member of the media? Tell me about that. Yeah, I, I don't think so because I think he's always been a mature kid. He's always been when he's speaking with us. He's always had some confidence and he's he's got self assurance and it, you know he carries himself. And I think that's why he was chosen to be on some of those committees last year, those national committees mm -hmm. uh, dealing with inclusion and uh, you know that that kind of thing. So. That from that standpoint, I don't think so. I just think it's I think now the on court confidence has caught up with his, you know, just confidence off the court and maturation. So now his teammates have you know, b both these areas that they can can look up to him at and, re and respect because, you know, he's always been a likable guy. He's always going to listen to what you've got to say. He's always thoughtful in his answers. He doesn't just 
uh, spew you the company line. I mean, he's going to be honest. I mean, he's always been honest, brutally honest about himself. He always takes blame, you know, whether it's on his shoulders or not. It, it, uh, he did that all, all the time last year. Uh, people didn't necessarily see that, but we would see it in the Zoom meetings after the games. He would he would take responsibility, and it necessar- wasn't necessarily his, his fault. So I think he's got the pure makings of a leader, and he's always had that. Now it's just coming together on the court as well. Brian McLawhorn and Clint Jackson, again, are here with us on Lockdown Blue Devils today. They're with Bull City Hoops, a new project that you really do need to support and uh, moving to premium content. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Clint, I want to kind of move over to you as we look at these first eight games for Duke basketball. We've had two full weeks to reflect right here on Tuesday. They're going to be back in action a little bit later tonight versus South Carolina State. Being more of the recruiting guy, the big name that everyone wants to talk about is the play of Paolo Bencaro. What have you seen from afar out of these first eight games, and is it what you expected knowing that you were kind of there on the ground through the entire recruiting process with Paolo? Yeah, great question. So we got to see Paul. Actually, Brian and I both got to see Paulo Bancaro play a lot. Um, we generally went to the USA Basketball mini camp. Uh, I think for about eight straight years. Uh, Brian, wow. you may you may have missed one, but uh, he's generally there with me every year. And so we see these guys a lot of times way before even the national media knows about them. And I remember watching Paulo Bancaro play as a young kid and he was one of the you know one of the guys that really turned my head I mean another one was Michael Porter Jr. uh Tug Bowen there's a lot of guys that we sort of watch Wendell Carter you know um was a guy that Brian and I watched when he was really young and you know he's just he's a you know I, I think Brian put it best like at first we kind of thought he was going to be a power forward to play away, away from the basket and had a handle and a shot and you know, play inside and out but he's 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 truly a positionless player now you know he can play wing forward he can play point forward and get the ball off the glass and go but I think uh you know I think it was the NBA top 100 camp a couple of years ago we were watching Jalen Johnson and and Paulo Bencaro play and at first glance I you know it's kind of far from the court I thought that Paulo Bencaro was Jalen Johnson. I was like, wow, Brian, he's terrific. And then I, I looked at my roster. I go, wait, Jalen Johnson's number eight. Who's this number five? And it was, <laughs> it was Paulo Bancaro. And we were just raving about him. And he was a year younger than Jalen Johnson. And, you know, he was the guy that was playing high, low. He was scoring on the block. He was hitting outside jump shots. And he just had like a big physical body. So he was overpowering a lot of these high school kids. But he's been terrific. I mean, I expected him to do this this well. Um, I thought he definitely was like a little bit better than Jabari Parker was. Jabari, you know, Jabari was a great player, a Marvin Bagley sort of level player. And I think he's he's probably even been a little bit better than we expected. That's awesome to hear. I mean, better than expected. And you guys were there from day one, kind of watching this guy grow up and and that sort of thing. Let me take a similar question and, and talk about Trevor Keels, the other freshman that's gotten a lot of run so far, kind of how he got to be a part of the Duke basketball team. One of the later guys uh, added, obviously, some ties to, to Jeremy Roach that you guys have well-documented and others have as well. But, but Clint, tell me about Trevor Keels. Well, Trevor Keels, uh, luckily for me, he played in Virginia. So I got to see him quite a bit with his high school team and also his AAU team. And he was always a kid that was a lot bigger um, for his position than, than, you know, the other, the other comps that were out there. So when I first saw him, you know, Trevor Keels goes about six, four, six, five. 
I'm not sure exactly which one he is. I know he's taller than me and I'm six three. <laughs> and, you know, he uh, you know, he he had some weight on him, but he was, you know, wasn't bad weight. He was kind of built like a like a football player. And he's really, you know, he's he's never gonna be that you know, slender, svelte guy out there, but he uses that power. And, you know, one of the things I know his his jump shot's been a little off lately, but I think that, you know, he'll correct that because he is a good shooter. He's just so skilled and so mature and just knows how to use his body and, and, and takes his time. You know, he was one of those guys that we always just really enjoyed watching play up at uh, Paul six up in Fairfax, Virginia. What about his play so far for Duke basketball, Brian, if, if you'll touch on that, obviously the big game right out of the start against Kentucky, but there's been a little bit of a slump for Trevor Keels. Tell me about that. Yeah. You know, this, I, I was looking at his stats uh, yesterday, I believe. And, you know, he's it, really the shooting slump, hasn't been just a recent thing. I mean, he had a few games. I think out of the five, the eight games, he had three where he shot the ball really well. But Trevor's a good shooter, so I, I don't worry about it. I don't, really don't have a whole lot of concern about him finding his shot. Because the thing is, though, is he, he's, he impacts the game in so many different ways. He blows like nobody I've seen. I mean, you might as well have a screen against Duke if Trevor Kills is on the court because he'll blow it up. But I think that the thing is, is he's still contributing. So he doesn't let those shooting lows impact his game. He's still is uh, an elite defender. Uh, I'm not afraid to say elite. I think he is elite in that regard. Um, and so, so I don't think it's a problem. I think we'll see his shooting come around uh, for, for a while. I think we had, it's four or five straight games where he started it off with a three-pointer. I asked him, actually, said, do you realize that you've started the scoring off for Duke and all these games? And he's like, no, I didn't even realize that was the thing. But I just don't think it's a big issue uh, at this point. Maybe if we go through the rest of this month and it's still he's still shooting, I don't think we're looking at a Jack White kind of stretch where, you know, he went one for 98, whatever the number was, you know, the absurd number. Right. We're not going to see that. I mean, he's – and it doesn't affect him. So, th- I think that's the big thing with, with Trevor Keels. He can still affect the game in, in other ways. Let's take a quick break in our conversation with Brian McLawhorn and Clint Jackson from Bull City Hoops. The holidays are right around the corner, and the perfect gift is always tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter college into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entries like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use code COLLEGE, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steak Burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com, and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the code COLLEGE. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. omahasteaks.com, keyword COLLEGE. Super excited to see this team get back in action tonight with three non-conference games in five days. Uh, Definitely going to be a bit of a challenge having not played in two weeks before they jump into ACC competition. But also, Duke basketball never stops in terms of recruiting because you're always building towards the future. And even more so now than ever when Coach K steps aside and John Shire starts to step in as the new head coach. And Clint, back to you as uh, on Friday, Mark Mitchell announced his decision to commit to Duke, becoming the fifth member of the class. Tell us a little bit about this. Well, I don't think it was a big surprise, Brian. I had a, an article loaded uh, for a little while, ready for that. You know, we didn't have it. That's probably uh, the best feeling for you guys, isn't it? When you just have oh, to yeah. sit and wait. 
Yeah. I mean, we just, you know, we had the, uh, yeah, I sent Brian the quotes and, you know, he writes the article and uses, uses my quotes a lot of time for our, our, you know, article template, but, uh, you know, we, we kind of knew that Duke was going to get him and, uh, you know, I think he's a great fit, a, a great fit. Um, Duke does a really good job of recruiting. Um, I always call them these long hybrid forwards with guard skills. And anytime you have those kids, the pitch that Duke has is so appealing. They're going to space the floor. They're going to maximize your, your, you know, your driving lanes and your space. And, uh, you know, when Duke fills, fills a roster with two or three of those guys and then has point guard and a, and a low post big man, they, they really spread the floor better than almost any team in the country. So, you know, when they go after these types of kids, whoever they zero in on, they, they generally have a really good close ratio. And, you know, there's the NIL now going on. So, you know, Duke's very strong there showing. I think the biggest thing is what Paulo Bancaro is doing. These kids are seeing it, you know, the video games and the and, and the basketball cards, those sort of things, the endorsements they're getting. Duke's a powerful brand, so they're going to they're gonna be elite on that level as well. And I think all of that goes into, you know, how well they're doing. We knew that was going to be the case, that Duke would find a way to kind of be the, the leader in terms of name, image, likeness, and, and kudos to them for doing that. Kudos to Paolo for being able to uh, kind of benefit off of that and more players to come, that's for sure. So, Clint, what's next on the Duke basketball recruiting radar now that they do have – a five-man class going into uh, 2022. What do you think is next? Yeah, I, th- I think they're done. I mean, I don't uh, always want to answer like I know everything, but I think <laughs> they're done with the the high school kids from this class. I think, uh, if anything, we'll, we'll see them look into the transfer portal if uh, – you know, there's some needs at the at the end of the season. As as always with Duke, you got to see who's going to leave. You know, uh, the one thing that's different about the kids nowadays that maybe you know we didn't have as much 20 years ago is these kids they need immediate gratification, you know, and, and that's just the society we live in now. So you, you may have kids, if they're not happy with their role after a year or two, they may, they may go somewhere else, you know? So we, we have to see what happens. Uh, Duke's not immune to that. You know, we saw a couple kids leave, you know, last year, Henry Coleman was one. I was very close to actually see his dad and his, his mom, like, probably twice a month, you know, going out to dinner or whatever. They live very close to me. So, you know, we'll see if they need to dip into the portal at the end of the year. But I think they're done with the uh, the high school kids for this class. So now we're switching our focus on to the junior class. And, and with that junior class, obviously, Caleb Foster has already committed. Who are some of the guys to be on the lookout that could possibly be joining him next in that class? Uh, Gigi Jackson. Uh, some people call him Gregory Jackson, but his dad calls him Gigi. So I'm calling him Gigi. <laughs> um, he's a guy that's really high on the Duke recruiting radar. You know, a lot of people think he's a, you know, a lock for North Carolina. And I think North Carolina is in great shape with him. Uh, another, uh, another kid they're looking at is Mackenzie Mabaco. Um, you know, I have not seen him play, but I know Duke really loves him. Of course you got Foster that you mentioned. Um, Matis Bazellus. Another kid who plays up at uh, Brewster Academy in uh, New Hampshire. They, Duke's really high on him. He has an offer. Um, Taylor Bowl Bowen, there's, there's quite a handful. But, uh, you know, the, the thing about Duke is they're going to tend to uh, focus on a, a small number of guys. And, you know, until they start, you know, expanding that net, that usually means they feel pretty good about the guys they're zeroing in on. It's Clint Jackson and Brian McLawhorn joining us here on the program today here on Locked On Blue Devils. They've got Bull City Hoops that I definitely want you to check out as we sort of start to wrap up our conversation. Very grateful for the time that I've had with these two guys today. Making the transition to premium content with Bull City Hoops. Brian, tell me about this and kind of what's the benefit of joining 
Yeah, you know, the benefit is you'll get more inside information and you'll get stuff that we won't just hand out to the general public. You know, you'll get Clint's insight on uh, the recruiting process, get his intel from that regard. Uh, once we start covering events again, uh, you know, you'll get all of our reports from you know, the USA basketball, from NBA Top 100, and whatever other AU events we travel, travel to. So you know, for us, I mean, the premium help allows us to do those things and bring readers uh, that kind of information that they are used to seeing from us. But, you know, on a, uh, from a free standpoint, we'll still offer you uh, uh, some recruiting coverage on occasion, some mailbags from Clint where he'll take questions and team coverage. But, you know, I think the premium allows you to get deeper insight, allow you to be part of the community. We'll be able to answer your questions more directly. Uh, and, you know, we're more accessible that way. I'm super excited to see what happens next with Bull City Hoops. This has been a whole lot of fun. I'm looking forward to many more conversations with you guys uh, throughout the year. I feel like we could keep going if we had more and more time to be able to do this. So, Brian, Clint, I can't say thank you enough. This has been a whole lot of fun. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having us, JJ. Appreciate it, JJ. Fun. That is Brian McLawhorn and Clint Jackson joining us here today on Locked on Blue Devils. Thank you again to Brian McLawhorn and Clint Jackson for joining me on the program today. Those guys are so good at covering Duke basketball. They've been doing it for a really long time. Really cool to hear their story and their thoughts on our Duke basketball team. Tonight, Duke is back in action, taking on South Carolina State. Best of luck to our Duke Blue Devils as uh, they look to improve to 8-1 and one on the season. Duke now the number two team in the NCAA in the newest AP poll. All right, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Locked On Blue Devils as soon as it's available each and every day. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.